What's up, Boston? It's Friday, April 7th. That means it's time again for another installment of the Friday Five. We update you on the latest news from Boston and around the U.S. I'm Landry Harlan. And I'm Chris Atienza. With the Boston University News Service, or BUNS for short. There's a lot of breaking news today. Some of it just from a few hours ago. So let's get right to it. The U.S. fired 59 Tomahawk missiles at a Syrian airfield Thursday night in response to a chemical weapons attack on Tuesday that killed more than 100 people. President Donald Trump told reporters at his Mar-a-Lago resort that the attack, quote, is in this vital national security of the United States to prevent and deter the spread and use of deadly chemical weapons. All but one of the missiles struck its intended target, according to U.S. defense officials. Nine civilians were reportedly killed, including four children. Russia condemned the attack as a, quote, act of aggression against a sovereign state in violation of international law. The strike marks a significant change in U.S. policy towards Syria, as Middle East analyst Tim Eaton explained in an interview with the Associated Press on Friday. It's always been that there's been no enforcement mechanism. There's been no, um, there have been no consequences if the regime broke its obligation. Well, on this occasion, we've seen a clear response. So that will inevitably impact um, the development of the conflict. Still, U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson told reporters in a late briefing in Palm Beach that the strikes wouldn't necessarily lead to further involvement in the Syrian civil war, but, quote, demonstrates that President Trump is willing to act when governments and actors cross the line. Neil Gorsuch was confirmed to a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court Friday after a rule change in the Senate that allowed him to pass with a simple majority of votes instead of needing a bipartisan coalition of 60 votes. The Republican-led change, called the nuclear option, was in response to a filibuster by Democrats on Thursday. Experts believe this will lead to a more partisan court in the future, as parties will not need to garner any support from the other side of the aisle to confirm their nominee. Republican Senator John McCain of Arizona said in remarks that this reflects a breakdown in the institution, and that Gorsuch is the wrong target for such a fight. We are so polarized that even a man of the qualifications of George Judge Gorsuch is now opposed by our friends on the other side of the aisle. I say to my friends on the other side of the aisle, and I say to my friends on this side of the aisle, that's not the way the Senate was designed to work. Gorsuch will be privately sworn in on Monday morning. Chris? House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes announced yesterday that he is temporarily stepping aside from the Russian probe. The move comes after reports that Nunes may have released classified information. The LA Times reports that Nunes says that these charges are entirely false and politically motivated, but still believes that it is in the best interest of the House Intelligence Committee and Congress for him to step aside. Congressman Adam Schiff, the House Intelligence Committee's top Democrat, welcomes the move by Nunes to step aside. I just want to express my appreciation for what the chairman decided to do. Uh, I'm sure it was a very difficult decision for him. Uh, but as he mentioned, I think it is in the best interest of the investigation. Uh, it will, I think, allow us to have a, f- a fresh start uh, moving forward. In another change, earlier this week, President Donald Trump removed Chief Strategist Stephen Bannon from his position on the National Security Council. The New York Times reports that the position change was led by Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, who had insisted on purging a political advisor from decisions where war and peace are made. Maryland Senator Ben Cardin seems to approve of this move by the president, saying that Bannon had no place on the council. I'd be very pleased that he's not on the National Security Council. My hope is that he would have no role in government at all, that he would be completely out.
compared to the national scene, it's been a relatively quiet week in local politics. Yeah, I'm not sure our listeners could take a big local day after the national news this week. Yeah, so the big news on the local political front is controversy over Treasurer Deb Goldberg's role in a new Cannabis Control Commission. What's the issue here? I thought the commission details were outlined by the legalization bill. You're right. So it was. But state legislators are saying that in reality, the current structure gives too much power to a single elected official. The current setup would allow Goldberg to nominate all three commissioners to this new committee. And similar committees like the Massachusetts Gaming Commission, the five commissioners there are nominated by different people. So lawmakers that are opposed to Goldberg's role are saying that they want a similar approach taken to this new one. Anything else? Uh, Yeah, there is more than one local story this week. (laughs) I don't know. You said it was quiet. Okay, so not quite that quiet. We also found out that the new Green Line extension into Medford and Somerville got funds okayed by the federal government. So the uh, cost estimate was originally around $1 billion. It's jumped up to about $2.3 billion. Um, And so knowing that they have secured the funding for that is a big hurdle into getting this project done. just for a little context, I heard back when I was a freshman in undergrad in 2010 that this project was about to get underway. So it's a long time coming. Do we know when the construction is going to start? I don't believe a specific date has been set. But John Dalton, who's an MBTA manager um, who was hired to oversee the project, says that securing the funding is a big step towards awarding construction contracts in the fall. Assuming they keep with the current schedule, um, the project scheduled to be finished by the end of 2021 with stations opening that summer great that seems soon (laughs) uh i'll do it for local this week thanks for being here isha all right guys and now it's time for science 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 and tech with aaron wade In last week's segment, I mentioned that Congress had passed a bill rolling back Obama-era internet privacy rules. Well, on Monday, President Trump signed that bill into law. The Federal Communications Commission created the rules to prevent internet service providers from being able to sell your personal information. But the new law specifies that the FCC cannot create any similar rules in the future. And what does the repeal of these rules mean for you? I sat down with Andre Lapitz, a cybersecurity expert and computer science professor at BU, to find out. The rules actually never went into effect, so these were rules that were supposed to go into effect this year. So basically, uh, my understanding is that uh, that the repeal actually will have no uh, material effect at this time. What will probably happen is that now that companies see that rules like this aren't going to go into effect, they will not try to accommodate um, sort of privacy concerns as much, and they may start selling information, for example, browsing information, things like that, that they would not have planned to do before. And specifically, the companies I'm talking about are internet service providers, which are the ones that this legislation was going to affect. And what kind of impact will that have on internet users? So again, right now, that will have no impact on internet users because there's there's currently no rules that would basically keep companies from sharing this information. But again, just because companies may see that these rules are not going to be passed anytime soon, they may start selling information about users' browsing histories and so on if they can see a way to profit from that with within the advertising market. So the repeal specifies that the FCC can't make any rules like this. How do you see that impacting the privacy of information on the web? 
So the privacy of information on the web is already highly compromised. Uh, of course, companies like Facebook and Google and so on are free to uh, use your, uh, uh, your browsing history if they can get it, what, which pages you go to. Uh, and so on to to basically advertise things that they consider relevant to you. So this will continue. The internet service providers, the only real difference is that you don't have as much choice typically with internet service providers. If you, you know, don't like using Facebook or Google, you don't have to, and there are other social networks, for example, that you can use. With internet service providers, that's less likely to be the case. So there could, in many cases, be only a single internet service provider in your area. So you don't really have that choice to uh, choose within the marketplace a company that perhaps protects your privacy better. That was Andre Lapitz, a cybersecurity expert and computer science professor at BU, talking about the repeal of internet privacy rules. Now I'm going to kick it on over to Kristen Bree for sports. All right, Bree. so it was a rough week for the Celtics. Man... Life comes at you fast, and when I say fast, I mean two games fast, okay? Because they were probably the number one seed, and they got blown out by the Cavs earlier this week. One fourteen to ninety-four, I believe. Yeah, it, it was it was ugly. And then they lost again, one twenty-three to one sixteen to the Hawks. So it should be an interesting sprint for the last three games of the season. Will they be okay? That's what um kind of concerns me. I'm not sure how far these seeds are going to go based on the way they're looking. The the team that they have now, the way that we're talking about them, is great. But I don't know how they're going to withstand the playoffs. Because not necessarily the Cavs I'm worried about. The road to the finals is through Cleveland. I'm sorry. As That's bad fair. As they have been. Now, uh, for other teams that are having a kind of a rough time for this stint, uh, the Bruins... So they have their final game of the season tomorrow. They do look postseason bound, but they lost in a shootout against the Ottawa Senators 2-1. to one. Mm. I don't know if they'll How be okay. How many do they have left? Literally one tomorrow. Oh, wow. Who's going to have better chances of surviving the postseason push? Will it be the Celtics or the Bruins? At this rate, I don't know. I couldn't tell you, honestly. Uh, just the way the teams are both performing, it just seems very, very questionable. They could surprise us. We know how sports are. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, considering the Bruins' position and uh, firing Claude Julian through the middle of the season, no one knew how that was going to turn out. Then they had this put, this play, almost playoff push. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I, I've been the most casual fan. I got my money on the C's not making it further, but that's just me. But speaking of teams we could actually put our money on and kind of get a good picture of, the Red Sox. They're finally back playing baseball. I'm so happy. <laughs> Uh, opening day was this week. Really beautiful day on Monday for that. Um, but that consistent weather really didn't hold up because yesterday's game was postponed due to rain and will be made up actually next week on Thursday at 2.05 during that weird stretch of home games. Now, did you hear about Wednesday's game? What about Wednesday's game? So that was the Red Sox second win of the season and Chris Sale was on the mound. Oh, yes, yes. He went seven scoreless innings, giving up three hits and striking out seven, which is a pretty good start from the beginning of the season. But the game did end in a classic dramatic fashion with Sandy Leon hitting a three-run homer at the beginning of the 12th inning. Now, weirdly enough, the uh, Sox are just gone for the weekend, like a casual trip. They are doing a four-game series in Detroit right now 
against the tigers. Now, most of them are actually not on the road. The flu has actually been going around the Red Sox clubhouse, so mm. Mookie Betts is on the road but not p- scheduled to play. Robbie Ross Jr. is also down to the flu. But also Xander Bogarts and Matt Barnes are not traveling either because they were both put on the bereavement list yesterday. Oh, man. So it's going to be a real scrappy team. But I think the team will do a pretty solid job. And I know we will be at the Red Sox game next week, so it should be exciting to First watch. First time at Fenway, and I can't wait. All right, Boston, we don't know what will happen with the Red Sox or any of the other teams, but it should be fun because the sun's out. So enjoy the weather. I will go out of here so we could hear some arts talk. Bree, so good to see you. So good to see you, Landry. It's, it's fun been, every time. Oh, my goodness. This is always the highlight of the show for me. It's obviously every listener's favorite part of the show. Obviously. Um, Bree, it's been a long week. A um, lot of homework. Just I'm feeling a little stressed out. I don't know about you. Oh, Landry, can I relate? You know what I like to do when I'm stressed out? What do you like to do? I like to, Enlighten me. Please. I like to party. <laughs> Bree, I like to dance. And you know what? I like there's, to dance, too. There's a party tonight. Where? At the ICA Museum. And tonight, they're having their first Friday. They're going to have cocktails, a dance floor. You can walk around see all the art. And there's going to be a live performance by the Beantown Lockers. Who are they? I'm assuming those are real people and not just lockers. <laughs> okay. But it's, a, so. but it's a contemporary art museum, so who knows what it's going to look like. <laughs> Anyways, it's happening tonight at the ICA. Uh, 5 to 10 p.m. It costs $15, but it's free if you're a member. If you don't want to go to that, there's the Boston Pops concert starting tonight for celebrating John Williams. Do you know Do you know this composer? Oh, do Bri? I know this composer? Tell me a little bit about how much you know. So let's just, I'll start here. When I was making my ringtone, it was between the Imperial March bom, 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 and Hedwig's theme song. And don't ask me which one I picked. But anyways, John Williams' music will be celebrated there will be, of course, music from classics, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and all that. But also from lesser-known things like Towering Inferno and Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Um, and that's going to be at the Symphony Hall tonight from uh, 8 p.m. and also tomorrow night at 8 p.m. The BSO College Card is only $25, and that gives you access to many of BSO's concerts for free. So there's a link on our website to how to get one of those cards, but that's a great tip for if you want to go to this concert and other concerts in the future So for not a lot of money. It's a great deal. Sounds like a great deal. Moving on. One of my favorite things to do in the world is travel. I love travel. Anywhere you've been wanting to travel to? Greece. Oh, yeah? I Why Greece? Greece? So bad. Here's what's crazy. You might tomorrow get free tickets to Greece. Not the musical. Again, the country. <laughs> at the Student Universe Travel Show. Are you uh, lying to me? I'm not lying to you right now. It's going to be at the BU Fitness and Recreation Center from noon to 5 p.m. tomorrow. It's free. You can register online and check this out. Some of the prizes at this travel show might be a two round trip, premium economy, tickets from Boston, New York City to London. There's two round trip tickets um, to anywhere in the continental US, one transatlantic ticket from Delta Airlines and $3,000 flight vouchers for Student Universe. A lot of free flights are gonna be given out. So I encourage you all to go register and maybe this summer you'll get to go to some exotic destination. I'm there. I don't know about you guys. Got a lot of I'm editors going. looking at me kind of crazy right now. I feel like I probably shouldn't have told anybody because I want all these vouchers for myself. <laughs> I don't know. I've been really thinking I want to go to Italy recently. Oh, Italy too. I've always We're going to give a little podcast there. shout out to our friend Sylvia who's going back home to Italy on Sunday. Sylvia Hopefully we can uh, win some uh, tickets to go see her. 
and uh, maybe just never even come back. Probably around trip. Never. I'll probably just want to stay. <laughs> so RSVP now online. Get there noon to 5 p.m. tomorrow. That's like a pretty good deal. And then last but not least, the theater. What do you think a play called Top Dog Underdog could be about, Bree? You know, when we were going through this list, that is one of the standouts to me. Yeah. And I have no clue what it would be about. That's well, why I would want to see it. Let's discover this together, Bree. Let's do it. Top Dog Underdog is a darkly comic fable. It tells the story of two brothers, Lincoln and Booth. I don't know if those names sound familiar, but... Oh, my God. Spoiler alert for U.S. history. <laughs> one shot the other one at the theater. So, Cain and Abel? Yeah, a little bit of Cain and Abel, a little bit. <laughs> but the two brothers, Lincoln and Booth, names given to them as a joke by their dad, they're haunted by their past. Their dad is an evil person. Yeah, right. Crazy. And their obsession with the street con game Three Card Monty. The brothers come to learn the true nature of their history as they cope with relationships, work, poverty, gambling, racism, and their troubled upbringings. This uh, small paper called the New York, Ta- New York Ta- Tims? Times says that it's a thrilling comic drama. I kind of actually so, need to see that. Yeah, I mean, well, let me tell you how you can, Bree. It's going to be at the BU Theater tonight and tomorrow at 8 p.m. and Sunday at 2 p.m. And guess what? Tickets are only $20 for full-time students. Pretty good deal. All you need is your... A valid ID. You want to go see it? Let's go see it. Pretty cool, right? Yes. So that does it for this weekend. Bree, hope to see you at some of these events. Maybe we'll win some round trip tickets to some, uh, maybe Greece. Hopefully Greece. Maybe Italy. Yeah. Maybe both. So uh, listeners, we'll uh, see you next week and have fun this weekend. With that, this ends this week's Buns Friday Five for April 7th, 2017. For the Buns Friday Five, I'm Chris O'Kanza. And I'm Landry Harlan. Have a fantastic week.